As a thankful recipient of many, many skincare products over the years, I've learned to discern what is naturally actually activating my skin to rebalance and recalibrate on its own. That's what your skin is meant to be doing, and it keeps getting disrupted by all these choices that we make. So, when the founder and creator of Herbal Face Food reached out to me, I was all ears. I didn't know why at first. It turns out that Herbal Face Food is the most potent antioxidant skincare line on the market today, period. The raw plant ingredients in each of their products are never processed, never manipulated with synthetics or emulsifiers. These anti-aging botanicals are combined with the most precious plant concentrates, and they have changed my skin. Here's how. I'm going to talk about two of the products, the Herbal Face Food Serums and the Cream. The serums contain powerful phytoenzymes and antioxidants. These are activated and infused into your tissues. They hydrate and increase the resiliency of your skin, and they feel like they're plumping up your face. I use Serum 1 daily. I use Serum 2 when I'm tired and I need extra firming for my skin. And I use the X, which is also known as the Cure, for a small patch of rosacea that flares up every now and again, which you cannot see because of these products. When you feed your skin with herbal face food, you will feel real live ingredients at work. An activating flush, an invigorating tingle, some warmth, all of these are evidence of your skin healing at the cellular level and years of damage reversing. The cream is the most potent moisturizer I've ever tried, and I've tried them all. I live in the high desert. This cream contains 102 of the world's most powerful anti-aging botanicals and is also the world's first and only edible SPF <laughs> with a protection rating of SPF 50+. Plus. And this is accomplished 100% by plant power. And you can expect intense hydration, soothing for your tired skin. You can expect to see inflammation calmed and rebuilding of elasticity so your complexion looks and feels more smooth, and more radiant. Herbal face food is not plant-based. It's plant-powered. It has the highest rating on the ORAC anti-aging scale. ORAC means oxygen radical absorbance capacity. I never knew what that meant before. Highest, over 30 million on that scale. By contrast, vitamin C in skincare rates under 100,000. Herbal face food is using all post-consumer recycled materials and packaging. They use glass and aluminum, which is super easy to recycle as well. The products and packaging are 99% free of plastics. They contain no ingredients that involve the destruction or harm of any plant, animal, or marine life. These are 100% plants only, these products. These active concentrates are coming from the seeds, the fruits, the leaves, or the flowers of the plants only. These products have been a complete revolution for me. I know that you will love the way your skin looks and feels after using it even for just a day or two. And the best part is that Herbal Face Food has offered us, you, my community, a code to receive 20% off forever, ever. The code is capital E-L-E-N-A 20. Once again, that's my name in all caps, ELENA2020. The site is herbalfacefood.com. The code is all caps ELENA20. It's not just your first purchase, it's any purchase. You will love these products, and I am so grateful 
herbal face food for the change that you have made in my life. Thank you. Welcome to the Practice You podcast. My name is Elena Brower. Together, we'll explore and enjoy content and conversations around mastering transitions. In our relations, our wellness, our careers, our families, and especially in our missions and visions. You are invited to learn and love and listen with me. Welcome to Practice You. Welcome back to the podcast. I have a longtime friend now and a very dear collaborator, Pavo, from Above and Beyond. It is such a treat to have you here. So welcome to the podcast. Well, first of all, just lovely to hear from you. Lovely to chat. And uh, thanks for having me here as part of your podcast. Hmm, You bet. We met in 2014. It was a very auspicious Wednesday evening on the playa at Burning Man. And we were thrust together to teach a yoga class near the robot heart in their camp, which was all the way out any burner knows. It's all the way out there. May we get back to the burn at some point soon. And uh, you and Tony were up at the top of the robot heart. You were spinning for my class and I was teaching. We'd never met before. We didn't know who each other were. We just knew that we could trust the guys from the robot heart community to put together a good, a good thing. We started. And within a few minutes, of course, we both remember there was this instant sense of synergy and cohesion. Everyone in the class felt it. We felt it. I looked up at you, I remember a few times, just incredulous at how perfect everything felt. And since then, we've done a lot of work together. We are recording this podcast mid-quarantine, end of April 2020, about to launch a new surprise (laughs) for our people. And we thought we would get together to just talk a little bit about this collaboration. I would also really love for my listener to learn about you, who you are, and how you came to be uh, here. And so we'll start with your history. How did you begin working in music? Was it an instant thing when you were little, or did it come about as you were getting older? If we actually really, really wind back, uh, I'm from a very musical family my dad's been doing a lot of singing. All my cousins uh, played instruments. And and for me, at a very early age, I, I was just always fascinated about sound and and music and how it made me feel, how it made other people feel, how music can be a way of transmitting emotions and stories uh, and how that kind of resonates with other people it's like a form of communication um so my first job actually was like my first proper paid job was playing piano for like little family gatherings and <laughs> and things like that and ended up working in a local theater where at like 15 I made um made like music for a musical and so my music kind of started in live events and theater and then when I got a bit older, I got into more and more into computers, clubbing, and I guess 
you know, for me, like when I started going clubbing, I, until that point, I'd always felt a little bit like a weirdo and different and a bit of an outsider. I wasn't that into sports and things like that. Um, so going clubbing, I kind of felt I'd sort of found my family and, uh, that sort of started a lifelong fascination with the clubbing culture, electronic music in all its forms. And, um, and I, at like sort of 15, 16, I started making dance music and, uh, I've been doing it for a few years now. <laughs> just a few, just a couple. That's such a, I, I love the picture of who you must've been at 15. You're probably exactly the same kid. <laughs> that you are now you yeah, know yeah well my hair is getting really long now during quarantine and in in late 90s i had long curly hair so maybe yeah maybe you're right maybe it's like coming full circle or maybe i need to start wearing some baggy um pants and some <laughs> military boots which was the 90s rave clothes you know <laughs> totally totally i can see it right now and um, when did you come upon uh, the boys? When did you meet Jono and Tony? After like high school, I was working as a pop producer in Finland and really wanted to go and study and understand music business. So I moved to London to study music business. And that's where I met Jono. And then within a few months of meeting Jono, we also met Tony. Jono was studying in the same university as me and Tony was actually the marketing director of Warner Records UK. So he was like this huge music industry dude. And we were these two two um, dance music fanatic uh, university students. And uh, Tony was also producing dance music. And when we got into the studio together, um, that's how Above and Beyond was formed. And, and we very quickly sort of sparked off in the studio and uh, ended up working a lot together. What year was that when you guys started? Uh, that was uh, just at the, the end of 99, 2000. So, so it really is our like sort of 20th anniversary right now. What's crazy is that that feels like yesterday, like 2000 was just yesterday, wasn't it? You know, and that's 20 years later. Yeah. And I remember the feeling of uncertainty. You know, there was all these talks about like, you know, the world's going to end and computers are going to stop working. And, and it felt exciting and a little bit kind of like sort of scary, you know, around 2000. Now, wind <laughs> to today, the uncertainty that we're all feeling and the sort of fear and stress is on another level, I think. Yeah, it's um, it's been a wonderful time to watch how everyone responds and to observe what's what's working and what's not working and I found that my greatest comfort comes in the people who provide me with just very simple instruction like don't forget to attend to your dishes and your laundry and the things that matter like your children or whatever it is that you're working on to keep yourself easeful um, what do you feel like is helping you at this time the most um I've like found a lot and a lot, a lot of um, sort of grounding and strength in my daily meditation practice. Um, the, the past month has been really crazy for me, um, especially that I was ill and I went through 
over four weeks of total solitude, like being totally on my own in a very scary situation. Um, so meditation was really good there. But now that I've actually um, got to Finland, uh, where I've been able to actually spend time with people, some of my closest friends over here, um, I'm really realizing that um, the presence of other people is very, very important to me and has been really comforting to talk with other people just about what it's like for them, especially being able to do it in person. It's one thing like us talking like this, but there's something about being present in a space with another human being that's really quite powerful and we also had a dog here for <laughs> four days and even that was was really remarkable how like having a, another creature showing unconditional love how helpful that can be because i was really like stripped away and totally isolated and not being able to have any any contact so it just really highlighted to me how i really need other people as well it's interesting because I found myself, I had to leave New York because the three of us are all in some way compromised, re respiratorily speaking. And um, we came to a town where two of my best friends happened to also be quarantining here. So we get to see each other, even walk together and hike together every couple of days. And that those are those days are medicine. So I know what you're talking about personally. And I feel like for those people who can't, have another person nearby who haven't been, you know, quarantined or in their little biome, their quarantine biome with anyone else. Your work has been a huge balm for people, a salve for people, like saving grace. And I know that I've received countless emails over the course of the last six, seven weeks regarding the first flow state. Um, and how it's helping people, how they're using it to wake up in the morning. Radha, who started... Um, Daybreaker, she wait. This is her alarm, the Flow State album. Her alarm. When <laughs> she, she wakes ever up, get I out swear. Of bed? <laughs> no, she doesn't get out of bed. But she, she wanted me, and she wanted me to tell you this too. That that's it's her saving grace. When we first came together to make this, can you talk about what exactly catalyzed you to ask me about this? Well, originally, like Flow State as an album um, was really sort of stemming from our band's kind of long history with doing this more kind of ambient music. And I, I'd i reached a point where I was going through the second burnout in my life. Uh, and it, it was, you know, really one of those moments, I'm sure many people who've who've had to go through a burnout know that it, it can be a situation where you sort of push everything away, you know, and you sort of look at everything as a source of grief and, and anguish. <laughs> and for me, um, it was funny that on the other hand, I felt like, you know, my career, all the music that I'd made, everything was like the source of this, this sort of stress and, and uh, bad stuff. But then yet, at the same time, I was taking real comfort in music, going through really big changes in my personal life and, and being very depressed. Um, I turned to music to give me that feeling of comfort and safety. Um, somehow, you know, I'd sit in front of a piano or or 
do some music and it would give me this feeling like right this very moment everything is is really good everything is really safe when I felt like the world around me was crumbling and and was so uncertain um music gave me that feeling that actually maybe everything is fine this very moment and it is that flow state situation I think when when you're able to be truly present it gives you also that that kind of safety and comfort and and flow state really started um from from like little ideas and demos that was then sort of evolved and worked on over the space of a year and a half and then towards the end of writing the music um when i was like listening to the demos of it i was playing some some talks like ted talks and and you know, some of your youtube uh chats and and there was a moment where it sort of felt like actually having dialogue meaningful dialogue with the music from from the album the music sounded better and the message felt stronger it, it was the music was supporting what's being said and that's when we started um you know thinking like wouldn't it be amazing if we could actually have a message um because it's they're mostly instrumental songs couldn't we actually you know have a message and help kind of explain and 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 carry the message better and right and uh, that it was really amazing i remember that chat that we had <laughs> where we were talking about like what should we actually talk about and we individually come to almost the same conclusion of, you know <laughs> how it should be and what what it should be about so yeah that really felt like a moment of I don't know synchronicity or, or or like stars aligning it was crazy i think we were both just listening very well at the time to what the community needed you know the family needed the greater global community not just the sort of anjuna above and beyond family but the greater community and i think we we landed on something pretty special mm. when um when all of that started to happen there was a, a period of time where you healed, you were healing, you figured out your sort of um, way of living that was going to help you move forward and, and keep advancing in your creativity. Can you talk a little bit about that? I feel like I'm certainly very much work in progress. It's not like there was like this transition and then, then it's over and I've figured stuff out. Um, I feel like I'm still very, very much having days where like I'm asking very big questions and certainly going through COVID-19 and being very ill was felt almost like, you know, near death experience um, coming through it. It's, it's, it's sort of forced me to look at really big things like what is life, my life about? Um, who am I living my life for? How does my work relate to me as a person coming from a very Finnish angle 
and talking with a lot of my friends here. I think Finland has a really good sort of work-life balance and uh, and the sort of things that I'm still pondering. It's like work is something that I do. It's not something that I am. But as an artist, it's very easy to become very consumed by, you know, the love that you get from the audience and and sort of reinforcing identity that comes through you know everybody thinking okay you are this person who does this who's part of this collective you know who has done these things in the past but actually that's work that's not that's not who i am so this is something that still is currently being pondered here in the finnish forest it's like mm. uh, you know yeah i get that it's almost like life first work second Yeah. And can it be like that, you know? I feel like you've you've done a pretty great job of creating the, you know, for for those of us who love your music, it does feel like this is this is who you are, but your your ethos, your the way that you live your life interestingly totally comes through no matter what you do. We know that it's your work, but it it does reflect the sensitivity the thoughtfulness the care that you take the time that you take to create what you're aiming to create and it's a real gift it's a real gift to all of us you know the people who know you we really appreciate you i've always really like adored artists that write with true honesty and integrity when it feels really rooted in in the person and you know you can really tell like these people are actually really expressing who they are and what they're going through. And as a musician, I've always really tried to be like that uh, where I can. And it's, it's it's not an easy thing. I'm not here saying like I'm complaining that I'm a musician, but uh, it can also be a really challenging thing, um, especially when, you know, the stress of, of, of the work then becomes the reason of the burnout and, then you kind of look at it and think you know how much can one do and maybe sometimes it's good to also not to create uh, so that you can kind of regain the energy for more well i think that your time in nature is probably the best antidote for everything you know there's the life of the trees the energy of the trees the surrounding the water that you have near you This is what gives you life. This is what leads you in the direction that you're going. And there's no, you can't even question it. It's just let it take you where it wants to take you. And then the the creative expression will follow suit, I feel. Yeah, it's really actually been happening. Um, you know, after, you know, I was getting better, I was almost thinking like, do I even want to make music anymore? And then I was here in nature on my own, with like no need to do anything but i felt a total pull towards my piano so okay i started playing piano and then i started doing some some of these live uh twitch ambient and and chill out sessions and um i loved doing them the feeling of playing piano and actually also like in uh, using twitch to to feel like there's like a community it's like um 
it's almost like a little sort of cocktail bar <laughs> where this is happening. It is and, exactly. Uh, and that thing, like somehow, like gave me a, a feeling of like actually, I love music. I love making music. I love the challenge of not planning things and actually just sitting down and seeing what's going to happen. It's difficult to be like overly perfectionist in that way as well, because that's something that I've certainly spotted in myself where I can um, feel like it's never kind of good enough. But in a live improvisation situation, if it's not that great, it doesn't matter if it's got the right vibe to it. And I think um, that's something that I'm now like trying to expand to other forms of create creation where like maybe it doesn't have to be perfect i'm having fun doing it maybe it's going to be a, a better end result yeah i feel that i feel that in everything you do always and i always uh sort of resonated with you in this way because i too am a, a recovering perfectionist so i get it <laughs> when, well, you um, can relate. <laughs> I, I can definitely relate it was March 15th, last couple of questions. It was March 15th or 16th when you reached out to me and said, hey, would you mind considering doing another flow state piece? Um, it's an important moment. We, I would like to you know, reach and help and serve in some way. And we talked a lot about surrender. Um, that ended up being the sort of opening thought for flow state two. And I would love to just hear your end on why that was so important to you. Well, I guess even before this coronavirus situation, I felt a real need to have lots of answers, to have like, you know, know how things are going to go. And it's this kind of uncertainty of like not knowing, not knowing how things are going to go and not knowing, you know, how ill I'm going to be, how how bad my illness is going to get, how is it going to affect, you know, the people I love or how it's going to affect the world. It's such a complex thing, full of uncertainty. And I think that uncertainty, unchecked and without an, being aware of it, creates a lot of internal stress. And I think... It also creates frustration and anger. And I think that's something that the world is experiencing at large at the moment. And a big part of it is, is this uncertainty and being okay with it can be really challenging. So I feel like because Flow State is an album that musically comes from you know, a very similar situation and its purpose was to give people you know, a feeling of safety and comfort during times of uncertainty. I feel like we are certainly at a time of very big uncertainty on so many different levels that if there was any way that we could use our platform, our music, your your message and, and your voice also to to help people with this, give them, you know, a different point of view on it, um, I think it would be just a wonderful thing to do. And you know, it's also going to help me and, and hopefully you as well. I love our working together because both times it happened where I submitted a writing that took me, you know, about an hour to do. And I did it all. This one I did on the airplane 
masked, gloved, an empty airplane, three one-way tickets, <laughs> James, Jonah, and me coming coming here to New Mexico. So scared, so uncertain, completely unknown. Are we ever going to live in New York again was the big question we asked ourselves, and it turns out that we won't. Um, yeah, we're moving. <laughs> it's crazy. Maybe it's also like... I've been talking about this with some of my friends recently, how right now this feels really challenging on on many, many different ways. But are we going to look back like five years from today and think, oh my God, like I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that struggle that I went through? No question. Is this going to push some positive change that we just don't see yet? <laughs> There's so many changes that I see that are totally positive. There are a lot of things that are real struggles. I'm watching um, my university, Cornell University, just put out a beautiful talk, really informative about how the black community is being um, affected by this situation currently and how terrifying it is for so many parts of the world for that community. Um, those are yep. things that are very real. I also see... In myself a new fearlessness to do the things that I wanted to do that I never did to take on challenges and projects and scholarly uh, pursuits that I never thought I would have time to do I'm just cutting out some other things so I think there's I think there's a lot of wisdom here a lot of medicine here in this time but time will tell and I do think you will look back I know I will look back and think thank God that happened you know, yeah, it's just, it feels like such a sort of extreme almost thing to say, but I, I kind of feel like I agree there. I think we will look back at this time on a personal level, at least, mm -hmm. and think, mm -hmm. okay, where I am now would not have been for this struggle, and right. hopefully, that I like where I am. <laughs> right. Thank God. Um, when you in both cases, when we when we did this back and forth over the writing, the written part of Flow State, the lyrics, uh, you came back to me one time with one sort of crit, constructive question, like, could you think about moving a little bit towards this? In both cases, I came back to you after one crit, rewritten a couple of the, the sections, and, and it was approved. <laughs> There's your phone. <laughs> awesome no, what a great kidding. ring you have i love that ring oh uh, yeah yeah that's that's for some of my some of my good buddies yes it's just one one of my great friends who was here uh, with oh. his dog calling oh. me that's so nice i won't keep so it nice. much longer i promise. <laughs> no. I promise sorry to leave my phone on but uh, no, worries. no worries it's real life yeah. the, the one thing that this has done is given me a lot more latitude for you know, I was just leading my meditation and Jonah's phone went off and I was like, there it is. Jonah's phone is going off. Thank you for understanding. No sorries, but thank you. Um, anyway, in both cases for the flow states, what I loved is the collaborative work because you came back to me with one note. I incorporated it. I came back to you and it was a done deal. Um, I'm pretty proud of both of the writings here. I'm proud of the messages and I'm proud of the way in which we have mobilized at least the above and beyond and Juna family to 
rally around themselves, to not give up on themselves, to heed one of the most ancient teachings, which is to stay with yourself. Remember that surrendering is not a weakness. It's a place of remembrance. It's a place of strength. It's a place of deep listening for what needs to happen next. I really, really just have to say on behalf of all of our listeners and, and uh, you know, that whole family, like, thank you so much for staying with me and for making sure that the message was clear and salient in the way that you wanted it. Because in both cases, I feel better for your uh, feedback. So thank you for that. Thank you for doing this work with us. Um, I really do think that collaborations, when they're very good, like ours, you know, are, are ones where, you know, we sort of ping pong off each other. Um, and it, it was actually really awesome for me to like find one of your YouTube chats and do a, this uh, <laughs> like little Twitch live thing as well. And like repurpose that. Thanks so much for letting me do that as well. That was um, a cool one. I loved it. A lot of people loved it. Yeah, it's like it's so nice to experiment with these kinds of things. That's that's almost like a different kind of thing, though. I'm really proud of of this thing that we're launching now because it just feels so very much about what's happening right now, and. There hasn't been many times in the world where it truly is a global thing. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about our sort of bigger Anjuna family, that it really is so multicultural mm-hmm. and so global. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we have people from very young to very old and all shapes, sizes and colors and religions and locations. So it's a, it's a really awesome family to be part of it's a huge blessing for me i can tell you right now it's um the end and i wanted to ask you the three questions that i usually ask my guests and Mm -hmm. the first question is what in your sort of sphere personal or external life could use a little more healing right now my body definitely i'm still healing and i've just been very excited to party with my friends so i think um, some forest walks are in order and also more time with your friends you know yeah yeah Yeah. i get that i can't wait for the whole world to have their friends back that's the like this such a big deal right now yeah i really really can't wait to travel to the states as well i've got some people there i really want to meet yeah, we we miss you. <laughs> we miss you. I can only imagine. And let's see. The second question, what is your favorite view? I think I know the answer. Many people go inside. Some people go outside. For some people at certain places. What's your favorite view? It's this. <laughs> it's where I am. I'm looking at the sunset on a lake in Finland. And this really is like my my favorite view in the world. Unfortunately, my kids are not here right now with me, but that I think, you know, when I'm looking at this view with them, that's my absolute favorite, favorite thing in the world. It's sweet to picture the three of you. 
And uh, the final question, what does prayer mean to you? For me, prayer means gratitude. It's um, like there's so many different kinds of prayer, I think. Um, but for me personally, um, prayer is that um, active seeking of, of a state of gratitude. That's a good one. <laughs> I feel that in all the work that you do. It's very sweet that that's what you said. I had a feeling you might use that word. I want to thank you so much for taking the time today to come and talk to me. And is there anything else that you would like to add or say that maybe we haven't talked about yet? Well, I guess I'm very grateful that we've, we're having this chat <laughs> and <laughs> that uh, we're able to share this with the world. So um, I, I feel like, you know, maybe we can do another one. Yeah. Maybe in six months' time, see it. where we've, how the world's changed, how we've changed. Mm -hmm. um, but I think this is a really cool little time caps capsule. You said yeah. we're like mid-quarantine. I really, really hope that's the case. Um, yeah. And things get back to normal soon. I agree with that. I just want to be able to go and gather with people and dance close to other humans, you know? That's what I... I miss, I miss long hugs and I miss dancing. Yeah, I've been dancing here by myself. Of course. It's not quite the same. It's not the same, no, <laughs> it's, it's not fun. the same. I was dancing on Daybreaker. I taught the class at Daybreaker. Actually, we'll do it again soon. And it was just like, why am I, why is this not the same? It's because there's nobody here. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're really like group animals, like, there's something really tribal and awesome about dancing with a lot of people. You don't even need to know them. Just having them around you dancing. It's, it's, a, I, I really miss it. So true. Well, I thank you. I adore you. I, I appreciate your brotherhood and I, I can't say how grateful I am to be collaborating and working with you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we'll see you soon. Can't wait. <laughs> My dear listener, I have a little treat for you. The second spoken word for the flow state meditations is here for you to preview. You're getting some of the first tastes of it. I do hope you enjoy. Pavo and I collaborated on the content in a really beautiful way, as we always do. And... We send it to you with so much love, care, concern, and also trust that this is a time of learning and growing. Thank you for listening. There is a place within you that knows how to surrender. This knowing is free of fear. This is where you remember that your strength is in your listening and in welcoming your own tenderness. This place is where you see change as an ally, not an enemy. We are all learning this 
This place within you is always at peace, always at rest. You're entering this new beginning where the crucial test is how fluently you can usher forth your truest softness. We are in uncharted territories. We see unimaginable changes. And we're also seeing undeniably emergent harmonies. And we're listening. This time lands us in a slower cadence, a softer stance, a steady release of what's no longer needed, a burgeoning understanding of what it means to let go. We're learning to release the achievements, the possessions, the perfection, to immerse ourselves in the present the nectar of introspection, real connection. We're learning to give nature the space to teach us her finest lessons yet. We cannot cling to things any longer. We cannot rush forward and think that's conquering. We cannot stay rigidly fixed in our ways. It's our time now to trust, respect, and conjure our finest love. And it's waking us up. What is love? Love is when you allow yourself to feel and release to heal and be free of any fear you were holding a moment ago. Love is when you welcome the energy of kindness and acceptance to prevail over the diminishing shapes of your most compelling resistance. Love is when you invite yourself to reconnect to your community and to be wrapped up in our unbridled, unconditional acceptance of you. Love is what's emerging in this time of inexplicable reckoning. Love is seeing deeply to the pain inside and finding our hearts hurtling toward the next freedom, the next unified cry for peace. Love is this healing, and it's precisely what you were born to bring. Take one deep breath. May these words interpret our silent pleas to recall our presence in this larger, vast family. Our fallible earnest, beautiful species. This is when we uncover our strength and our unity. Take one deep breath with me.
we wear a veil collectively, a specter of forgetting that will never lift until we commit ourselves to accepting that our differences are what make us holy. How are we to know what's random and what's purposeful? How can we remind ourselves that what is tragic is also magical? Our work is to consistently offer up our questions and continue learning. What we see clearly is that nature presents us every day with proof of her yearning for more quiet and deepening respect. And this moment in time might be her most poignant, painful, magnificent teaching yet. Take one deep breath. Compassion must be our all-encompassing commitment. We are being called to acquaint ourselves with the wisdom of empathy and rise up together in a field of plentiful remembrance that compassion is what we are. And as we practice this state of wholehearted grace, sensing waves of exhilaration with each new change, we savor the adventure just as we would some ephemeral embrace. We slow down, we soften, we listen again. your soul family into your heart. Let their kindness burst within you like so many stars and choose what you believe. Because what you believe becomes who you are. Let's welcome more sweetness into our hearts. Let's invite opportunities for uninterrupted thought back to the beginning and stop fighting battles that never needed to be fought. Let's sit still. Let's tell stories, make art, and let go. Let's remind one another to love and to know that we are humbled yet worthy. Stumbling and full of light. Let's amplify our connections to nature, to each other, to our own insights. 
so that when this road twists and some perception of failure seems to suddenly arise, we remember we are here together to shine one light. Take one. Thank you, AG1, for sponsoring the Practice You podcast. My listener, you've been hearing me talk about AG1 for some time. I think I've been taking it daily for almost three years. 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens in one scoop in the morning. The best way to start your day supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and longevity, the conversation of the moment. The taste is delicious. It's suitable whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar. No nonsense in here at all. It's a multivitamin that your body will actually absorb. If you are wanting to make an investment in your health and longevity, AG1 costs you less than $3 a day, far less expensive, and definitely less time-consuming than many different supplements. Reclaim your health, arm your immune system with convenient, delicious daily nutrition. And since you listen to the Practice You podcast, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-boosting vitamin D and 5 free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com forward slash Elena. Once again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash E-L-E-N-A. Take ownership of your health, my listener. And thank you, Athletic Greens and AG1.